The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. The information you will hear tonight is verifiable, but it may also disturb you. It may even change the way you look at the world. Yet we invite you to see this as a powerful opportunity for building a brighter future. By sharing this vital information with your friends and colleagues, you can play a key role in restoring a true democracy of the people, by the people, and for the people. Many don't want to know about the dark side of our world. Feeling secure and content in their personal lives, they choose to avoid matters which might disturb them. Yet, as long as we choose complacency over awareness, these major cover-ups will continue. In fact, they will likely fester and grow in magnitude until people are finally forced to open their eyes and deal with the consequences. The sooner each of us decides that we do want to know and that we are willing to invite others to open their eyes, the more easily we will be able to build a world that supports us. This is your wake-up call. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fambergas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. I always love to hear from you. Tonight's special guest is Fred Burks, who served for years in the U.S. Department of State as a language interpreter for George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Al Gore, Dick Cheney, and many other top officials of the U.S. and other countries. Upon resigning, he became a whistleblower, as reported on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. After receiving a wealth of eye-opening information, Fred was inspired to develop the popular website wanttoknow.info, which features an abundance of reliable, verifiable information on major cover-ups and serves as a call to work together for the good of all. The website has received over 20 million visits. Fred Burks joins us directly from Berkeley, California. Hello, Fred, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Hey, Mel, so great to be here with you and your listeners. Absolutely. And as I told you offline, it's been years. I met you in person. You probably meet thousands of people at conferences, but I met you, I believe it was 2011 or 2012 at the UFO Congress. So glad that we finally converged. Yay. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, see what we come up with today. Well, first of all, the first question that I'm sure a lot of our listeners will have, how did you get your job at the government? How did you become an interpreter and what happened? Why did you leave? Well, it's interesting because I never even thought of being an interpreter, but actually um, it started when uh, I was in college and uh, my uh, friend that I was living with at college really kind of dragged me to this meeting because it was going to change his life and he wouldn't go if I didn't go. So I went and these at the meeting, it was these people who lived in Asia and were just so on fire about their experience. And I was bored with college at the time. So I said, hey, I'll go. So I ended up going to Indonesia and then I got fluent really pretty quickly and got back and a friend, another friend told me about this program at the State Department where uh, you get to take around really cool people on study tours of the country. And I said, hey, that sounds fun. So that's where I got my start and uh, never thought I'd be interpreting in the White House. But uh, there's a, a shortage of Indonesian interpreters and I was pretty good. So I moved up the ranks and uh, 1995 found myself in the White House interpreting with uh, Bill Clinton and President Suharto at the time. 
Was, so I was going to say, was that because I lived in Asia in 1996, and I think Suarto was still there. Yes, yeah. He, let's see, 98, I think, is when uh, he went, lost power. Right. And why did you leave that uh, position? Well, you know, it got crazier and crazier. You know, um, the secrecy started getting out of hand. Um, and I start, I found out about all the, the craziness going on now, just, you know, I was a de- debunker of all the big cover-ups and conspiracies, um, until I found out some information. It was in 2001 and I was still working at the start to state department at that time. And it was actually information on UFOs that just absolutely blew me away. It was undeniable. And I said, holy cow, if this is going on, you know, what else is going on? And, uh, that got me deep into it. And uh, then, you know, the craziness happening um, was just too much. And basically, they wanted me to sign the secrecy agreement if I continued working. And it was just way too excessive. So I resigned in what was that, 2004 from the State Department. So is it safe to say that whatever you discuss tonight, you are OK to discuss? Well, interestingly enough, I always felt that there, there was hardly any secrecy agreement. So I was interpreting in the White House and I had not signed any significant secrecy agreement. Um, in fact, my boss had asked me to get a secrecy clearance, uh, but it was it's really complicated. And I said, is it required? And she said, no, it, it's it's a pain if you don't, but it's not required. I said, OK, well, then I'm not going to do it. But then they switched. And in, in 2004, they said anybody who does not sign this new secrecy agreement it was so excessive. It said that anything you see, see, hear, or do while you're working cannot be shared with anyone unless you get the written permission of your supervisor, which technically means if you know one of my people I'm working with tells me a good joke, I can't even share that joke. So it was just too excessive, and I was already kind of fed up with what they were doing in government, so I resigned. Do you think this was a byproduct of 9-11? Oh, yes. Yeah, this, you know, the craziness around secrecy. Well, I can say the secrecy agreement, they – started putting into place in 2000 in the State Department. So it was before 9-11, and um, they it was voluntary for that agreement back then, and I so I refused because it was just too much. It was 2004 they decided to make it required for all uh, interpreters at the State Department. Now, I wasn't planning to discuss UFOs at the beginning of the interview, but you <laughs> kind of caught me off guard here at the beginning, and since we discussed this topic, I have to ask you, what did you find and were you surprised that supposedly the government always denies the existence of, existence of UFOs or extraterrestrials? What did you find that can share with us? Well, I would say I was not surprised. I was shocked. I was literally shocked. And basically, I'm sure uh, most of your listeners and you know about Stephen Greer and his disclosure project. Sure. And it was a good friend of mine who I really trust who said, hey, I watched this uh, video and it changed my life. And so he sent me uh, a video copy of the uh, National Press Club conference, which was held, I believe it was in May of uh, 2001. That's right. Never to be heard again, pretty much after 9-11. Right. And so I, I sat, yeah, 9-11 sort of covered that whole thing up. But I sat down and I watched it and uh, it's a two hour long thing. And I swear to God, by the end, my jaw was on the floor going, oh, man, I just I can't use the expletives that I actually said. But um, I can't believe this. And if this is going on, what else is going on? And that's what started me down the rabbit hole. And it was a rapid descent. But luckily, I was ready for it. So what did you aside from that? So this is what you found out, the disclosure project, or did you hear, read or see Anything of out of the ordinary? 
Well, you know, I only in hindsight did I look back and realize that I had seen some things that were pretty wild, but nothing super big, nothing like the whole UFO stuff. So it wasn't until the UFO stuff came out that I started saying, okay, my eyes are open. And then I could look back and see some of the stuff, as I said. And if you do a, a search on, I believe you just do a Google search on Fred interpreting stories. So you know, my name is Fred Burks. You'll, I wrote a page up because I was never sworn to secrecy. I literally wrote up all the weird, bizarre things that happen. And it's a pretty fascinating description if you uh, read through that. Certainly. And we have a lot of to discuss. But as I mentioned before, I went to your website. And the first thing that caught me was those those headlines you have here. And I think right it's important. Right. Why don't we begin dissecting all of these? Let me begin with 20 leading journalists, including winners of several Emmys and Pulitzers. Or, how do you pronounce it? Pulitzer? I think it's Pulitzer, I believe. Have described being prevented by corporate media ownership from reporting riveting stories on major cover-ups. Let's begin with that. Sure. Well, this, interestingly enough, so eventually I, I met Stephen Greer, and he said, hey, if you want to know what's really going on in the world, read the book Into the Buzzsaw, uh, which I did. And this, what that is is actually a, 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 a summary of the key pieces of this amazing book Into the Buzzsaw, uh, which was written by a woman named Christina Borgensen, who herself was an Emmy Award winner. And she got all these top reporters, including like Dan Rather, um, Greg Palast, Michael Levine, Gary Webb. And had them tell their personal stories in this book of how they had major stories that should have been front page news all over the place, but that were completely shut down. And so you can read summaries of their accounts on our website by clicking on that link. Wow, this is just uh, incredible because I'm looking at all of your website and this, this is a compilation of probably the most important alternative news people have probably never read. Well, the thing I'll tell you, Mel, that made, makes Want to Know That Info special is that we've always focused on only using relation, uh, information that is both reliable and verifiable. In other words, you can click on the links and using re sources that people believe are reliable. And I'm not saying the major media is always reliable, but they're considered a reliable source. Um, and find that this is true. Everything we're saying, it's, you know, some of the conspiracy sites and, you know, you know they're all trying to do the right thing, hopefully. But they just don't uh, vet their information. Right. And so you'll see that um, this is why we've had an incredible impact. In fact, many of your readers uh, may know Dr. Uh, David Ray Griffin, sure. who's one of the big spokesperson of 9-11 movement. He originally found out and had his eyes open through our website because he saw, wow, this I could verify everything on it. And and he and I have become friends since then. And that is the problem with the advent of technology. And as, as we get more advanced to technology it seems that more and more people share information that's not vetted. And believe me, folks, I'm not a, I'm not immune from that. I've made my own mistakes and I've learned from that experience. So I now yes, try my have. best to, to, yeah. to vet things. You know, I get things from people that I consider to be bona fide sources. Yes. I trust them. All of a sudden, somebody brings something up saying, hey, this is inaccurate. Please confirm with somebody else. And I fall through the trap, you know, on the trap. So I'm very careful with it. Now, mm -hmm. your take on Wikipedia and mm -hmm. Snopes. Sure. A good question, because Wikipedia, when it's not controversial, it's very useful. I use it all the time if it's not a controversial topic. 
because it's got tons of information. It's, it's generally vetted. Anything that's controversial, I can guarantee you there are undercover CIA people and FBI people in there to make sure that the information that they don't want get out gets skewed. In fact, they banned want to know that info. And, we, you know, we're totally reliable stuff and they banned us from um, posting anything there. So if it's controversial, forget it. But if it's just regular information, Wikipedia is great. Snopes, you know, I'm convinced that also they, they they have some sort of relationship with either with some sort of secret service because you look up 9-11 and all that kind of stuff. And they are very skewed to the government story, vaccines, all that kind of stuff. I just love it when you post something that you have verified, I have verified, and somebody says, well, look, Snopes says that that's, that's false, and most people believe it, and a lot right. of people don't know who the two right. people is, this couple. It's just this couple, yes, and they do have uh, you know, some sort of connections with uh, intelligence services. Why so do you like, think they have, they have garnered so much, quote-unquote, authenticity? Well, you know, it's because they were probably the first to gain any sort of recognition as a, a, a good debunking website. And I do go and look because I want to see what they're saying. And for some things, they're right. And it's right on. I actually do check there occasionally. Um, but it's just, again, when it's anything controversial, I don't trust them. But if it's non-controversial type stuff, like you'll hear stories about, you know, Winston Churchill did this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it's a really magical, beautiful story. And you go check there and you can actually verify, oh, no, that wasn't actually true. This was just a rumor started by so-and-so. So it's not a totally useless resource, but when it's anything controversial, forget it. Well, but, you know, half a truth is still a lie. If that's the case, then aside from wanttoknow.info, where else should, be, should people go to verify the credibility or authenticity of an article? Well, you know, this is a great question. And actually, we have an article on how to do your own research and, and vet things um, on website. Uh, um, there are, you know, some good websites. You know, I think overall, Stephen Greer does a pretty good job on his Disclosure Project website. Um, there's some good media websites. There's a number of good websites on the various topics, you know, on the new energy cover up, elections, mind control, but not many websites that try to cover all of this in a way that want to know that info does. And even like I used to really like David Wilcock because in the beginning he was really careful with his research and his claims, but you know, he's still good, but he just makes some outrageous claims and a lot of them have not come through and his, his ego is kind of stepping in. So there aren't many um, who sort of look at the big picture and really are careful with their information. And I don't like to talk about third parties, but many people have written to me, Mel, how, how come you haven't had David Wilcock here or Corey Good? Well, yes, Corey Good is another one. Oh, my yes. God, I should tell you stories. But anyway, yes. <laughs> well, no, no, let's, let's, let's dissect that because many people have contacted me. I've even received emails from Good, and he's never accepted to be here. Because I, I'm going to be asking the, 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 the hard questions. And I know people yes. say, Mel, you're too nice to people sometimes. Yes, but if you listen carefully, it's the way you interview folks. That's how you extract the information. Yes. And if you have extraordinary claims, you better, you better come yes. out with some extraordinary support uh, information in order for us to believe you. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, Mel, that I'm very lucky because Want to Know at Info has become pretty popular. Um, people contact me from around the world, and I happen to know the woman who brought um, Corey Good out. Um, in other words, she was the very first one on Project Avalon to have that first interview where he started going viral. You mean Carrie? Sorry? Carrie Cassidy? No, it wasn't Carrie. It was... Oh, Avalon, uh, not Camelot. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, 
she after Carrie left, she was the one who I, I'm blanking on her name right now. I apologize. Um, but anyway, um, she was the one who told me he's gone off the rails. He's like he's making tons of money. He was kind of a mess when she found him and he was in debt and his family was having problems. And suddenly he got onto this lecture circuit. And uh, she says his ego took over. And she she believes either he's been programmed or he's making some of this stuff up. And this is a woman, um, Christine. That's her name. Christine, on who ran Project Avalon for a long time. And I have another friend, too, who, who knew him and very much concurs on that. So, you know, but people want to believe this stuff. There's there's you've heard the term hope porn. Yes. So people get so much want to believe this hopeful stuff. Oh, the aliens are going to come down. They're going to save us and blah, 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 blah. Well, my own feeling is that the one who's going to save us is ourselves. Each of us has to do our work. And if we're waiting for somebody else to save us and save the world, then you're just going to keep on waiting. How many times has David Wilcox said, they're coming, they're coming, it's going to happen, it's going to be in 2011. No, now it's going to be in 2012. Now it's any day now. Well, now maybe it's any month now. And this to me is sort of hope porn. And I'd rather say, each of us, let's do our part right now. Do what we can. Be careful with the facts. Spread the word and don't pressure people. Because when you pressure people to try to believe something, they won't listen to you. And we've, as I said, we've been very successful at WantToKnow.info and made, uh, I would just say, converted some very influential people that have helped to get the word out there. And if each of us does this, I know we, we are making a difference. It's happening even now. Thank you. Thank you for being so centered. Because uh, how many people write to me about Mel Nassara? You probably have heard yes. that term. Oh is God. coming. Yes. Leo Wanta. And what's yes. his name? Oh uh, Another one. He contacted <laughs> us and I had exchanges with him. Oh, my God. That guy is a mess. And, you know, some of the stuff he says is real. A lot of these people, they're onto real stuff. But he is so crazy, Leo Wanta, about certain other stuff, you know. So and what's his name uh, escapes me? The reporter who lives in Japan now who worked at uh, yeah, Forbes. Ben Benjamin Fulford, same yeah. thing. You hear him, and it's so hopeful. You know, the the White Dragon Society will yes. will, will kill everybody else. You know, we're going to be yes. How and people believe this, and then they wonder a year, two years, three years later why they're depressed because this this hopeless hopeless dreams that they're trying to provide to you. You're relying on that information in order for you to feel better, and you need to stop that. Well, yes. And actually, Mel, I've always been optimistic in spite of knowing some of the deepest, darkest stuff that will turn your stomach on the planet. I know that humans in our core are good people. And there's, it's, a, it's a relatively few that are really at the top manipulating stuff. And if we all just come together and trust that in, in our core, we are good people. And most people are. We can move this whole and we are. We're moving this whole thing forward. And it is opening up. It's just not going to be all at once. And it's not going to be someone saving us. It's each of us doing our part that's going to make the difference. Absolutely. I just want to remove this sense of hopelessness people have by relying on wrong information. Yes. And I, I don't mean to spread fear. I want to spread sure. awareness. I want people to, to be aware of what the other side is doing. Now, yes. let's talk about the top. Many people have this notion that there's only a few in the top. Mm -hmm. Who are these people? Do you have any notion of who's pulling the strings? Well, you know, there is so much disinformation out there that it's really hard to know exactly. You know, there's all this information. If you go search online on the Council of 300, and we certainly know there are key organizations like we can talk about the Bilderbergers. That definitely is a powerful organization. Or the Tavistock. 
Yeah, Tavistock, and you know, there are. We know that there are branches of the Masons, Freemasons, and and other groups, and certainly Skull and Bones that have inordinate amounts of influence that do not necessarily have our best interests in common. But things like the Council of Three Hundred and and this kind of things, like I have not. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.